Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by the Silver Screen and Roll Network. I'm too excited after that game tonight to speak. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob. Before we jump into what's going to be a really fun episode, I want to remind everyone, as always, to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Visit the website, Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or whatever the podcast app, whatever it, whatever it is now, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and uh, listen to us. We appreciate the help. We're going to jump into it tonight because we're recording this on Wednesday night um, after a, a really fun Lakers win. And obviously, I'm not Christian, the normal host. Christian and I are becoming kind of like PG and Kawhi to where. Technically, we're hosts of this show, but we're never together. So I think in this scenario, I just made you Marcus Morris, unfortunately, Hani. So joining me tonight is our Marcus Morris, Hani Amadian with Lakers Outsiders. Hani, aside from just being called Marcus Morris, how are you doing tonight? I, I just want to clarify that I have never said anything misogynist after uh, losing a <laughs> basketball game. <laughs> But uh, other than that, that, not I'm, a great I'm, comparison. <laughs> I mean, like everything else, clearly, I uh, I very much relate to Marcus Morris, but that specific thing. Um, but yeah, having a great night. Uh, just watched uh, one of the better basketball games of the season, I think, and I'm very, very much pumped. So I messaged Hani earlier today, and I had a podcast in mind that wasn't going to talk a lot about the game because based on how the Lakers had played the last two games, well, mainly the Warriors game, but basically how the Lakers were kind of crawling into the All-Star break, I expected a loss tonight. And early in the first half, when they got down by double digits, I nearly texted Hani and just said, let's record through the second half and not watch this game. Fortunately, I didn't because uh, big shout out to Monty Morris for starting talking and waking up the Lakers because they came alive. They went on a huge run to close the first half. And then, as you said, one of the more exciting games of the year, uh, the second half and overtime was a lot of fun. Um, I'll start off. I'll let you start off. Just what's your kind of thoughts? I, I agree it's one of the best games of the year, but what's just kind of your thoughts after that win and, and closing, I guess, the first half of the season with a win? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think my main takeaways were, one, um, this was a very necessary game for them to really show that they can get kind of hit in the face uh, by a really good team in the Denver Nuggets and and then punch back and they did that really well mostly through contributions from Alex Caruso and Dwight Howard in the second quarter I think those two kind of came in and really changed the entire energy of the game um the Lakers were really struggling to uh to defend especially um those two really helped in that regard and then offensively as well just getting kind of those dirty buckets down low from Dwight uh getting a few big shots from Caruso and a couple of really nice playmaking plays as well um, I think once Caruso came in, they went on an 11-0 run, um, and they kind of continued that throughout the entire uh, rest of the second quarter to to really um, take a nice lead into halftime. And uh, again, they, they kind of got punched in the mouth again in the third quarter and, and came back. Um, and the second main takeaway uh, for me, besides those two playing as well as they did, was 
the Lakers really performing pretty well in the clutch. Um, that hasn't mm-hmm. always been a strength of this team. And, you know, it's it's a little bit of how much can you take away from a couple minutes here and there in, in certain games that are close uh, during the regular season, how much that applies to the playoffs. But I think it was really good for the team to kind of experiment with a few different lineups and get some quality looks down the stretch offensively. Um, a few big stops from Anthony Davis, especially. Um, and then uh, Caruso with a great uh, closeout and KCP finishing off that play with a big steal on uh, Jokic to really seal the win. Um, it was a total team effort down the stretch, I think. Um, but it was also LeBron and AD really kind of taking over in various ways and, and uh, taking the team to that to a really, really big win. There's a couple things you touch on everything I wanted to, to touch on. We're, we'll talk about AD and Braun and kind of the pick and roll they were running down the stretch because that was one of the first times they went to that well for multiple possessions in a while. Um, I want to talk about that, but you mentioned Caruso and Dwight, who I think both need uh, special shout-outs tonight. When I was preparing for this during the game – I uh, this podcast I had pulled up the Lakers individual player net ratings and offensive and defensive ratings and uh it was far it was like LeBron and then like this huge gap between everybody it was Caruso was second mm-hmm. and since that game the stats have updated and Caruso is only 0.6 behind LeBron now for the season <laughs> net rating because and this is, I mean, it's single game, like advanced net, or net rating and whatnot. It, there's not a lot you can glean from it. But in 22 minutes tonight, Caruso had a 140.9 offensive rating <laughs> and a 90.7 defensive rating. That is a 50.2 net rating tonight. Um, He was absolutely incredible. In a game that the Lakers won – by four in overtime, he was a plus 23, yep. which is unheard of. The closest um, player to him on the Lakers was KCP at a plus 10, by the way. Yeah, and KCP, I thought, played well, too. He, him and Caruso both closed the game, and deservedly so. Yep. Um, but Caruso was everywhere tonight. And to see that a game after he didn't play uh, – was really impressive. The fact that he didn't play is is up for a whole other debate that I'm sure many people have talked about. Um, but tonight, he he played in what I mean. I know the announcers mentioned it a couple times. That felt like a playoff uh, game, and he fit right in. He was making huge plays. A lot of it showed up defensively, um, but. I thought one of his bigger plays too is when he had that cut to the basket. Um, yes. When LeBron ran the the pick and roll with AD and got kind of trapped um, in no man's land and had spun around and Caruso waited, timed it perfectly, and just cut to the rim and finished a layup. Um, it's just those types of plays. He plays so well off AD and LeBron that he knows like those moments when to cut, where to be, um, things like that. That. I mean, we knew it before Sunday, but there's absolutely no reason he should be playing zero minutes in a game, regardless of what Rondo's doing. Um, 
I didn't see many quotes after the game. I saw Frank Vogel called him his secret weapon. The secret's out, and it should be no more secrets. Like, just play him. You don't need to make it a secret anymore. Yeah, I don't really um, like people keeping secrets away from me, but, like, this is, <laughs> this is an extreme case. <laughs> yes. Nobody wants this uh, secret kept from them. Uh, play him. Hopefully the the coaching staff, I guess they have to be in Chicago to, to quote-unquote coach the game, but I hope they take this break to kind of reevaluate some stuff because uh, – I thought the lineups for the most part tonight were were good. Avery Bradley played a little too much, I thought, down the stretch. But yeah. Rondo only played 15 minutes. It was frustrating, but kind of in the best-case scenario, I think that's about as little as Rondo is going to play in these big games. Um, so I, I was pleased with all that, and Caruso was incredible. And you mentioned the other guy, and I, I want to talk about um, all of them as a whole, but the, the bigs tonight for the Lakers – Dwight, AD, um, even LeBron, I thought defensively were really, really good tonight. Um, Jokic is as tough of a matchup as any big will have. Um, And I thought by the end of the game, I know this is kind of a common narrative with Jokic, but he looked tired and he was getting beat up on by Dwight for – Dwight played 30 minutes and pretty much all of them – uh, came in the second half, and then when he wasn't, when Dwight wasn't on him, it's Anthony Davis who is probably the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, how how effective do you think, uh, or I guess, what impact do you think the those bigs had on Jokic tonight? Oh, I think it's huge, and I think we've seen it in the other games against them. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you can take away from the game that they lost to the Nuggets because LeBron wasn't playing, but at least in the first game that they beat the Nuggets earlier this year, you could tell that the Lakers are just a really tough matchup for them because they have all these athletic bigs. And you didn't even mention JaVale McGee because he didn't have a really good game tonight and got benched in the second half. Um, but even when when he's kind of focused as well, at least offensively, he's putting so much pressure on Jokic because he's as great of a player as he is. And I think he's probably underrated defensively, but he just can't move his feet quick enough to really contend with these dudes. And then you have a guy like Dwight who comes in and just bully balls you. Um, they actually, they like, they gave Dwight a very rare post-up possession and he just was ramming into Jokic and got a foul. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that it was a foul, but he just forced that pressure so much on him that he got Jokic's fourth foul uh, called on him. Um, all of that, the rebounding and just kind of just putting pressure on him over and over again. That's the way to beat the Nuggets. You, you want their best player to be tired. You want him to be in foul trouble. Everything that the Nuggets do, uh, offensively especially, is centered around Jokic. Um, none of their other players, Jamal Murray's a fine player. They got a, they got a lot of really good uh, pieces, uh, really great depth, but none of them create the way that Jokic does. They don't put pressure on a defense the way that Jokic does. So if you put them in foul trouble, uh, make them tired, do whatever you can to just put that sort of pressure on them, it, it turns them into a much different team. Jokic was uh, worst on the Nuggets tonight in plus-minus at minus 10. Um, And I thought the Lakers did an interesting thing defensively that I hadn't seen them do. I haven't watched every game this year, but uh, late in the game when they had AD at the five, they would switch the initial 
kind of ball screen action. And a lot of times it was Caruso switching on to Jokic and then LeBron would come flying up to switch with Caruso. Hmm. Um, and Caruso would go out onto whatever perimeter player. I think it was normally Tory Craig. Um, Jokic kind of caught on and found Tory Craig for one easy layup, but I think that's really the only time they made him pay for it. And I thought that was really interesting and an interesting way to handle the, the Jokic-Murray two-man game. Um, Murray had 32, um, but as you said, so much of that just comes off what Jokic does yeah. that uh, I thought they did a really good job of, of – limiting Jokic and as we said they beat him up during the first three and a half quarters and I know Jokic has been as we were talking about beforehand Jokic has been one of the best players in clutch situations this season he was yeah. far from that tonight yeah. um and I do think that the Lakers kind of beating up on him had an had an impact in that he had a couple plays where he was expecting fouls um, just from the physicality of, of how the Lakers were playing. And he threw up some really bad shots and basically are, are turnovers. They go down as missed shots, but they were effectively turnovers, both of them. Um, so I thought the Lakers did just a tremendous job, about as good as you could ask on Jokic. And I thought that might be the most impressive part of their win. Um, last thing to touch on for this game is the AD LeBron pick and roll. It's, it's what everybody's been begging them to do um, all season long, but also it's made sense why they haven't done it. It seemed like it was something they were just putting in their back pocket, the, the break in case of emergency during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't surprised to see him do it tonight uh, before I, I kind of give my two cents. what do you think of, of what they're able to do down the stretch in the fourth quarter and overtime in that. Yeah, I think it was a really good varied offense from them. We know, um, and part of this is just that it's the regular season, but we know LeBron, especially um, uh, this season, has really settled for jumpers a lot um, late in games. And that's something that I think will change in the playoffs. But in this game, at least by by kind of having that two-man game with AD, it really – uh, put the onus on him to attack the rim. And um, I think he did a great job of that. And if you look at LeBron's uh, numbers tonight, he he didn't really shoot well um, in terms of his jumpers, but he was 11 of 14 at the rim. So he was getting to the rim at will and, and finishing really well because the Nuggets don't really have a shot blocker. Um, and he also had 14 assists and, you know, eight of those were three-pointers. I think a couple of them went to AD for three-pointers. Uh, late in the game and five of them were for uh, layups or dunks so he especially was putting all that pressure on the rim just through his passing and through attacking and Anthony Davis he was just a a completely different animal to to try and handle when his jump shot is on and it was on tonight especially late in the game and like those are big big shots that he's hitting and both LeBron and AD in the fourth quarters this year haven't shot really well um so getting that sort of game from them tonight really, I think, should be a, a, a big confidence boost as they start gearing up for the playoffs um, because no team is going to be able to stop both of those guys in the playoffs. And as long as they're playing crisp offense and they're getting the right personnel around them, they can hit a shot or uh, they can have the guy like Caruso cut when one of them gets trapped uh, so they can find him for a layup. 
then it's really hard to see teams kind of stopping them as long as they're, you know, just hitting shots. As you said, when a lot of the, the ball screen actions had AD popping um, to drag Jokic, who was the only big guy that they had on the court down the stretch, uh, to drag him away from the basket. And whenever LeBron wasn't just putting his head down and getting to the rim, which I thought tonight was one of the better games he's had uh, that I can remember in some time of him getting to the rim and finishing. You gave the the stat, and that makes sense because he was really good in attacking the rim tonight. But um, when AD's making three pointers like he was in in late in the fourth and overtime, like yeah, I just don't really see a way that you do stop it. Um, there's that's obviously a big caveat, but if AD's knocking down threes, um, he's already an elite. Roll, roll guy on those uh, ball screens. If he can go three of six from three in games, um, it's ball game. And there's not a lot that any defense is really going to be able to do with that. Um, yeah. Like right now, he, every defense is more than comfortable letting him shoot threes. And they should be. He's hitting yeah. like 30, 30%, 31%, something like that from three this year. If, if that – at all becomes consistent to like even league average hitting like 35% of his threes, then it is really, really difficult to guard this team. Yeah, exactly. And as we saw to close the game, it was three guards, LeBron and AD. And if you give LeBron that much space, uh, it's over. He's the best decision maker with the ball in the league. He's his 14 assists showed that tonight. Um, And if, the Lakers are able to spread the floor and knock down those shots. Um, good luck. Everybody not named LeBron was 11 of 26 from three. Um, so if they're shooting right around there, like you're going to have a hard time stopping this team, um, especially if it's AD that's knocking down some of those threes. So that was a lot of fun. We, I, a bit of a teaser. We may be talking about this game in our next segment but uh we're going to take our break and when we come back we're going to do a little bit of a recap of the the first i guess half of the season so uh, we'll be right back after this break so as i said at the start my idea for this uh show was going to be a lot of talking about the first half of the season and trying to provide perspective on a night where I thought people were going to be upset and I could not have been more wrong because this is, as we said, this was one of the more fun wins of the year. Um, we'll, we'll touch back on this win, but we have a couple different categories we want to, we want to talk about um, kind of give out some awards. I know Harrison and Sabrina did this at one point at the actual official midway point of the year, we're actually like 53 games, I think, into the season. Um, but this All-Star break always kind of sig- signifies like the midway point, if you include the playoffs, I guess. I'm not really sure how that works. But regardless, we're at the midway point. We're going to start off with our MVP of the first half of the year. Uh, there's only two options, and I'll let you pick first. Yeah, I think the only real option is Alex Caruso. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Christian's spirit lives on. If you, the bald eagle is uh, is flying high. 
Um, I think I go back and forth on this like every other day, but I think I would probably still go with LeBron being the MVP of the team. And the short answer is just watching the team anytime LeBron isn't on the floor. Um, <laughs> like this has been a trend all year. It hasn't really shown any signs of stopping, but anytime he's not on the floor, the offense really struggles. Um, and by proxy of that, really the defense struggles because they're just giving away so many more uh, fast break opportunities. Um, they, the, by virtue of the roster that they built, which is the complete opposite of last year's roster, they just don't have <laughs> any sort of playmaking outside of LeBron. And that skill set from him, uh, basically playing point guard in his 17th year in the uh, league and leading the NBA in assists, I think that's something that they can't come close to replicating. Uh as as great as Anthony Davis's defense has uh, been, I think LeBron's offense has just been uh, more crucial to the, the to the team, mainly based on who's around them. I made you pick first because I was just going to pick the other one because I think <laughs> it is fifty fifty. Um, AD, as you said, I think, and as I said earlier, I think he's the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I honestly didn't realize how good he was defensively. I didn't realize how good he was, period. I tweeted during the game that, I, I mean, it's Lakers exceptionalism, but I tweeted that Anthony Davis is underrated because, like, I just did not realize how good that, that he was toiling away in New Orleans. Um, he is he is just so incredible. He's so versatile. He's probably the Blakers' best wing defender, which we've seen in spurts this, this year on Kawhi mainly, um, which also could be just kind of a flaw of the roster as well. But he's also the the team's best rim protector, um, even if he hasn't had the huge highlight blocks that JaVale has had this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had some huge game-saving plays or game-sealing plays. Um, He's just been so incredible, and that's not even talking about his offense. He had a 50-point game, and he had a 40- and 20-point game earlier this season. Um, As I went back looking through through the games this season, I had had forgotten about those because this has been such a a long season already, but um, he's just been absolutely incredible. He's... Battled through some injuries. We kind of knew that was going to be the case um, with him, that he was always going to be nicked up and banged up. Anybody who took the fall he did um, against the Knicks was going to be out for a while. But but I thought he's battled well through injury, and he's been incredible this season. He's been better than I ever could have imagined. and I mean, the Lakers probably have two first team all NBA guys, one of the front runners for defensive player of the year and one of the two or three top guys for MVP. So it's amazing what a difference two, three years makes between what we were watching with uh, with some of these Lakers teams. Um, next category is biggest surprise of the year. I have down a lot of things. I'll start first since I made you go first last one. Okay. I had originally marked one thing, but after watching the game tonight, for my biggest surprise, I'm going to go with Dwight. Yeah. He has been absolutely incredible. 
we had podcasts on here. I'm sure everybody on this network at some point during the preseason when he was signed had some type of statement about not wanting Dwight. Cause I don't know that there were any Laker fans that wanted Dwight Howard back. Um, he gave the same talk, the talk type of stuff. Um, but he's walking the walk and he has been just incredible. We talked a good lot, good bit about him and how important he was for the Lakers tonight in a win against the team that was second in the Western conference standings. And I don't think anybody could have predicted that when we signed him, he's been such a great energy guy off the bench, really embraced his role and, he won over fans, not just won them over, he won them over quickly. And even I was reluctant to to admit I was wrong on that one. And I it was still within the first couple weeks of the season and he hasn't turned back. Like he's been that guy, he's embraced that role. Um I've been pleasantly surprised by him and I'm I'm to the point where I'm just happy he's a Laker and I'm happy that he got this kind of redemption and kind of put the past behind him with the Lakers because this has been a lot of fun rooting for him this year. Um, what would you have as your biggest surprise of the season? Yeah, I think Dwight is probably the right call and what everybody would say. Um, all in the interest of having varied responses, I'll go with uh, <laughs> KCP. Um, yep, I had him down too. And, and listen, I've been a pretty big supporter of KCP, I think, relative to most Lakers fans uh, the last couple of years. But I did not expect him to be like top 10 in the league and <laughs> three point percentage, especially after the god awful start that he had to the year where he got cyber bullied by Lakers Twitter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's I think you could make the argument um, and I think you can make a very strong argument that he's been the Lakers third best player this year. <laughs> And that's just ridiculous to me that you could like coming into the year, I would have never dreamed of saying that, but he's been so great uh, with the shot making. He's been so much better with his decision making. You don't really see wild KCP in transition as much anymore. Um, And he's, you know, a pretty consistent defender, especially against kind of smaller guards. Um, And I, I, you know, I just props to him for really battling through some, really tough times as a Laker um, both this year and before this year and uh, coming into his own and being such a valuable uh, difference maker for them. Uh, Through the first 11 games, he was a 22% free throw shooter. Um, Since then, the next 41 games, he has a 44% three-point shooter. Um, It's been interesting. You mentioned the Lakers' third best player, that's just kind of been a revolving door this year, which I don't yeah. think any of us expected either. Um, after the first game of the year, it looked like Danny Green was just our best player. <laughs> but through the first <laughs> through the first weeks of the season, I think most of us just assumed it was Danny Green. Um, Dwight, I think at times, has kind of fulfilled that role, especially early in the year. Yeah. KCP, kind of in the middle stretches of the year, has been the third best player. Um, it really just hasn't been any one person, which I don't think anybody expected. So I guess in some regard, that's mm-hmm. kind of a surprise as well, is that this team has succeeded without a third star or a third big guy stepping up. Um, 
which I would have thought they would need somebody to step up. Um, if you'd have told me, if you'd have told me before the year that we were forty and twelve, I would have thought Danny Green was shooting fifty percent from three, <laughs> and he is shooting thirty-seven percent. So, huge props to KCP. Couple other things I wrote down. I think the defense just alone has been a huge surprise. Yeah, um, they are after tonight. Let me make sure this is updated, but. NBA.com has them with the fifth best defensive rating um, after tonight, which I would not have expected. And they were number one for quite a while. They also have the second best offense, which has come a long way since the beginning of the season. Um, They're second in net rating, but that defense has been really good. And kind of going along with that is what I had. This big lineup I thought has been a very pleasant surprise. Playing AD at the four, I know a lot of us rolled our eyes at it. Signing JaVale and Dwight was like, oh, whatever. We'll only play one of them. But the Lakers have made it work. And kudos to them for kind of zigging when everybody was zagging in a, in a sense. They went big. They saw that they had a generational talent in AD. And instead of saying, we'll just play him at the five, they thought, he's good enough. We'll play him at the four and also play a center. And they just overwhelmed so many teams with their size like we saw tonight. Right. Um and then the last thing I wrote down was uh, Vogel. I thought he's been um, – I know we complained about his rotations in the first half of this, but yeah. uh, all things considered, he's been great. We Everybody was plotting how quickly into the season the Jason Kidd uh, takeover rumors were going to start, and they are they, – those aren't coming this season at least. Um so I've been very pleasantly surprised with with how Vogel has done this season. He's been uh, flexible. Um, he isn't kind of stuck in his uh, way of thinking. He will adjust in-game. Um, like we saw tonight when Rondo isn't playing well, he went with Caruso more. And on Sunday, for better or for worse, um, he went more with Rondo and Caruso didn't play, and the Lakers blew out the sun. So it's things like that. Um, it's a pleasant surprise considering the, the coaches we've had in recent years that were, would need 10 to 15 games to see if a lineup worked. <laughs> um, as we said, we, uh, referencing tonight's game, one of our categories was best game of the season. Uh, you can go first on this one. So I don't steal your pick just in case. Um, so I, <laughs> I could go between a couple, but the one I uh, ended up kind of hanging on was uh, actually pretty much exactly two months ago. They played uh, the Heat in Miami. Um, yeah. And to me, that was the most playoff-like game that they've played. Uh, they ended up winning 113 to 110, I believe. Um, that was one of those games where from start to finish, you had just playoff intensity. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler going at guys. You had uh, the battle down low between Dwight and Bam. Uh, that was really fun. And then the ending was really nuts. Um, I think Kendrick Nunn hits a three to uh, put the heat within one. Uh, then they foul KCP. He goes one for two, but the Lakers get an offensive rebound. They foul KCP again. He goes one for two again. So it's a three-point <laughs> game. And then the nuts final play where Jimmy Butler and LeBron or Jimmy Butler is like curling around the perimeter 
he and LeBron like collide. I think the two minute or uh, the last two minute report said that LeBron fouled him, but it also seemed like Jimmy fouled him. So I don't know. Yeah. LeBron goes to the ground. Jimmy gets open, and then AD uh, lunges at him. Jimmy pump fakes, and then AD somehow still recovers to contest the three pointer and force a miss, and the Lakers pull it out. Uh, it was just such a really crazy ass finish and. Um, I love those sort of games you get in the regular season. They don't happen very often, but you get the ones that are just from start to finish. It uh, everybody's treating it like it's a playoff game, and it's really weird that it was a Lakers and Heat game that had that sort of atmosphere. But um, I think both teams had been really great up to that point, yeah. and uh, it, it just really made for a fun matchup. That was the first loss the Heat had at home. Yeah. yeah. They have only lost three times at home this year. They're twenty-two and three, and that the Lakers gave them their first one. I think is another big thing to point out with that. I had that one written down, but I actually went with one much earlier in the season um, against Dallas um, in November first, yeah. the first weeks of the season. Um, I think for me that was the first time where I thought, okay, we really have something here. Um, that was the overtime game where Dwight got away with the biggest illegal screen ever <laughs> to, uh, to free Danny green, the Mavericks inexplicably challenged LeBron at the rim in a game. They were down three with like two seconds left and Danny green got off an open look. Um, and then that tied the game at the buzzer, sent it to overtime. And then the Lakers dominated overtime. I thought, that was also when everybody kind of realized, like, you know, damn, LeBron's actually going to be that guy this year. He had 39, 16, and 12. Yeah. Um, his dunk he had where he picks the ball up, the loose ball up out of midair, yeah. goes the length of the court, and damn near rips the whole basket down. Um, was one of his best plays of the year and one of my favorite plays of the year. Just the force and speed that he came down the court uh, with was – unbelievable um and that also was kind of one of those playoff atmosphere games because luca had 31 15 and 13 right um and as it turns out the mavericks we didn't know it at the time but the mavericks are also pretty legit um and that looks to be a much better win than i think many of us thought it would be early in the year um a couple other games i wrote down uh, the OKC game without AD LeBron or Danny Green, um, sure. that one was. I think Kuzma went off for thirty six that game. That one was a a wild game. Um, again, we should really drive home the point that the Lakers should convince Rondo that Chris Paul is on every opposing <laughs> team. Um, just find a new version of Chris Paul on every team. That seems a little easier. <laughs> Whatever whatever works to get Rondo to play like that, I'm fine with. Um, I wrote – it wasn't either either single game, but the Denver-Utah back-to-back yeah. that they won in early December. Um, I think both wins were very impressive in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when the whole – the December schedule is going to be tough and – exposed the Lakers and they had lost to Dallas to start December and then everybody's sick at Denver and they win. And then the next night they go to Utah 
and blow out the Jazz. Um, that was absolutely massive. Um, both of those games could be the best game of the year. I think you have to – I mean, it might be recency bias, but I think you have to throw tonight's win in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they are the – as we said, the, the Nuggets are the two seed, and it's another one on the road. We, and we didn't mention this when we were talking about the game. That is 17 straight road wins against Western Conference teams. Yeah. That is absolutely absurd. Um, I can't remember any kind of streak like that before. And yeah. – those are those like we said those aren't those are wins two over the nuggets the jazz houston um okc's mix in there i don't know if dallas was is in that current streak but as we mentioned they won at dallas at the beginning of this season so that is just a a wild stat um that i don't know gets in gets the attention and and uh, love that it deserves because that is crazy. Um, and we'll finish off with our best moment of the season. Um, you went first last time. I didn't actually mark one of these. Um, there's so many. I'll say the moment. I don't know if this is the best moment. The moment that made me like fall out of my seat most was when Danny Green had a putback dunk against the yes. the Atlanta Hawks. Like. That was one of those, like, oh, my God, LeBron flew out of no – wait a second, that's not LeBron. Um, made the league still don't... fall out of their chairs, too. <laughs> yeah, fall out of their chairs and then immediately get up and race to go schedule him for drug testing. Um, but I think if I had to pick one kind of moment, I would probably say LeBron's dunk against the Kings. Um, he – it's wild to to think that he's in year 17 um, and still able to to play at the level he does to have the athleticism that he does like it's just wild it we kind of take it for granted a bit but at 35 years old watching him do the things he's doing on a night to night basis is absolutely incredible so if I had to pick one, I'd probably have to – I think it was Bielitsa that he posterized. Um, I would have to pick that because that was – no 35-year-old should be able to do that, especially one that spent 17 years in the league already. Yeah. Uh, what's your vote? Uh, it is every single time JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard have made a three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being 100% serious. Javel is 3 of 6 on the season. Dwight is 3 of 5 on the season. Every single time those dudes make a 3, I die laughing. Especially if you watch the other one's reaction on the bench every time. It's like they're having a little mini contest throughout the season, and I can't wait to see which one wins. (laughs) The Splash Bros, unfortunately, are (laughs) unable to play this year, so we have replaced them with Dwight and JaVale. Um, I did shockingly, I did not have that down, but that is hilarious. That is, and that, uh, that has, that has been a lot of fun just the, and I think that shows kind of the dynamic this team has the, everybody on this team loves each other. And, um, yeah. I don't know what kind of tangible effect it, it has on the court, but it has some type of effect. Um, these guys will fight for one another. They all love one another. Um, and 
as you mentioned, they they enjoy watching the other one succeed or the others succeed. It's been a lot of fun. I basically just had kind of a list of plays that were memorable. AD's game-winning block against Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, the steal and his return to New Orleans. Really, that whole game, both the New Orleans games, he's been absolutely unstoppable. Yeah. Um, his 50-point game that I mentioned – um and his 40 and 20 game in three quarters um like i said he has had multiple different games this year <clears throat> that i forgot about that were incredible uh i forgot about it yeah he had 50 against minnesota 46 against the pelicans a 40 and 20 game in 30 minutes and then the other pelicans game he had 41 points his return in that uh, game-sealing steal on the inbound. Um, I'm sure we've left some out. If you guys have some of your favorite moments, um, leave them. uh, Either send it to us in a review. If you're listening to it on the website, put it in the comments. Let us know what your your favorite moments have been this year. Um, There's been a lot of them. It's been a really fun first half of the season, and... I'm really looking forward to, well, one, kind of resetting during this All-Star break. I think everybody needs this All-Star break. Yes. Um, and then setting up for what should be a really, really fun second half of the season. And we're going to have Laker playoff, knock on wood, but we're going to have Laker playoff games for the first time in forever. So I'm super excited about that. Um, this has been a really fun season. It was a really fun night to cap off. Uh, the first half of the year. So, uh, Hani, thank you for coming on tonight. I know we had technical difficulties and the overtime game made it uh, a little bit later, but thank you for coming on. Um, if you guys, like I said at the beginning, haven't already, please subscribe. Um, leave a rating and review. Helps us out immensely. We all appreciate it here on the network. So, uh, for Hani, this is Jacob signing off. Have a great one, everyone.